Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey, you guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my magical co-host with me, Gina Warfel. <laughs> hey. And today we have a guest on. Her name is Lisa Curtis. You might have heard of her. She is the owner and co-founder. Is that correct, Lisa? Yeah, founder and CEO. Founder and CEO <laughs> of Cooley Cooley. And most people probably know them for their Moringa product. And so today we're going to be talking about Moringa. And I'll be honest, years ago, I used to sing Moringa from the rooftops because it's such a superfood and high antioxidant product. And when Tristan, my late husband, was going through his cancer journey, there was a lot of research around Moringa. Mm-hmm. And I remember following a family whose baby had cancer. The baby had like a feeding tube and they would put Moringa down the feeding tube, you know, so the baby didn't have to taste it. But like, yeah, they gave him like high doses of Moringa and other superfoods and whatnot. And this kid's doing really, really well, like years later. And so I'm really excited, Lisa, you're like the OG here. And so I can't wait to learn (laughs) how you got into Moringa, why Moringa and tell us why all of us should be having Moringa in our smoothies and in our daily lives. So welcome. Yeah. Amazing. I'm so glad you're familiar with it. I mean, yeah, really excited to talk more. How did you get into Moringa and what's your story? What's your backstory with this industry and why you came into this? Yeah. So I had kind of an interesting journey. had never uh, thought I would start a food company, but I joined the Peace Corps after college oh, cool. and I was living. Yeah. Very cool. I got sent to Niger, West Africa. I wow. uh, was in a very rural village, you know, no electricity, no running water. And as a vegetarian, I found was mostly subsisting off like rice and millet every day, which was a diet that left my body feeling pretty terrible, as you can imagine. So I asked some of the women in my health center what I could eat that would give me, you know, the protein, the antioxidants, just like kind of all the vitamins and protein and nutrients that my body was lacking. And they literally pulled these leaves off a tree and mix them into this popular local snack called Cooley Cooley, which might sound oh. familiar. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Later became our company name and That's said, cool. eat this. It'll make you feel better. What? Um, and were they pulling yeah. off Moringa leaves and just putting they it in? pulling off Moringa leaves. So wow. yeah, a lot of people are like, is it a That's fruit? Cool. It? It's a tree. So it really is a tree. It's the leaves of a tree. It grows all over the tropics. Okay, um, Lisa, this is the coolest story ever by the way. Holy cow. I have no idea. Oh my gosh. Okay. So keep going, keep going. Yeah. yeah. So it was, you know, I think at the time I was like tree leaves, like that seems a little bit weird, but I totally trusted these women. And I, you know, at that point I was like, I'll do anything to just feel better. Like mm-hmm. I was just feeling so lethargic. And so I started eating this clinically moringa snack every day. And I would say after about like a week and a half to two weeks, I just like whoa, this is having like a really profound impact on my body. Like I felt so much more energized. It just, everything felt better. My joints hurt less. And so I was like, you know, what is this plan? Let me do some research. And 
long story short, just read online and I'm happy to tell you all the studies and all the things, but this plant is so important all over the world. Like in addition to some of the scientific research that's been done, there's also just a ton of kind of ancient knowledge around this. It's used a lot in Ayurvedic medicine. It's actually the national vegetable of the Philippines oh. called the tree of life and a lot of different parts of my Africa, a lot of different countries on the that's African cool. continent. And so I was sitting there in this small village being like, how do I get more people locally to grow it and benefit from it? And what they really wanted was a way that they could sell some of it in the U.S. They're like, Mm -hmm. there's not a big market for Moringa here, but if you could help us sell to the U.S., we could earn more income, we would grow more locally, and we would use them more locally. This is getting Um, cooler. Like, this story just gets better. Like, oh my gosh, (laughs) keep going. (laughs) Yeah, long story short, I didn't really know what I was getting into. I was like 23 years old. It's like, sure, like, I'll help you sell Moringa in the U.S., like, whatever. And came back to the U.S. and, you know, got, live in the Bay Area, so got a job at, like, a clean tech company. And this is my nights, weekends, side hustle. And then finally, I was like, you know, this is just too amazing. Like if I could pull this off, if I could support small farmers, particularly African women to like grow more Moringa, use more Moringa locally and earn an income. And then also introduce this just incredibly potent, amazing superfood to the U.S. market. That would be so cool. So decided wow. to quit my I job am legit and make it happen. Result. I am I'm legit result. I'm just like, I'm going to order some as soon as we hang up with you oh, and just Johnny, stock my kitchen. So funny. <laughs> I was telling Lisa right before we got on the call, I was telling Lisa, like, this is so wild. It's almost like the universe is making this happen for me because just about a week and a half ago, I came across these research reviews about Moringa and hearing other people who I really trust who are like, mm-hmm. Coolie Coolie is the best. And I was like, what is this Coolie Coolie product? And then I was in the store and I was like, oh, I'm going to try this because I'm going caffeine free for this whole month. Mm -hmm. And so I want to see how my body feels. So I'm like, okay, I'll try this Coolie Coolie Moringa. And so I just started it and I didn't know anything about it. And I told, I have two student interns right now. I'm like, you guys, can you do some research on Moringa for me? I need to learn more about this. And then I saw that we have the founder of Coolie Coolie on our schedule. The podcast. This is so cool. This is amazing. I'm already doing it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I don't even know why, but I'm doing it. I love the alignment of the universe. I can tell you why. I give you a million reasons. Okay. So (laughs) that's a great segue. Like the story is phenomenal. Your company, I mean, it's really like impacting people in Africa, helping them put food on their plates. Tell us one, okay, this question keeps coming to my mind. So before we go into the science, how can we make it palatable? Because it doesn't taste good. So, yeah. and then let's go into the science because I want my kids to drink this. And I remember back in the day, I just couldn't get it in their mouths, you know, and, and my kids, they can stomach some things, right? And so me, I'll just, if it's good for me, I will down it. I don't care if it tastes like mud, but how do we make it taste good? And then let's go into the science. Totally. So, Two short answers. I think one, I've got a lot of ideas on the powder side. And then also for people who aren't interested in baking or adding Moringa to smoothies or or lattes or things like that and working with it to make it taste good. We also sell a lot of products that actually just taste good on their own and Mm -hmm. have pretty high dosages of Moringa. So we have superfood gummies. We have like a dark chocolate bark. We have bars. Yeah, we have really great ways that we've already put in a lot of time and effort to make it taste great. 
So just feed yeah. your kids chocolate with moringa in yes. it. Done. Yeah, sold. Exactly. I'm sold. <laughs> you guys, I'm going to fast forward a little bit. You have a code, a 30% discount code for everyone, and it's gutsy. What? Everyone, go and order yeah. stuff now. I'm going to use my own code, and I don't get a cut off of this, guys. So I'm not being sales pitchy here. It's just to promote this company. So go and order this because I know how good it is. I want to be reminded, right? But that's awesome that you have products that taste amazing. So, okay, perfect. Done. But, Check. But I also want to tell you, so for your toddler, I'm very conscious of this because I've got a two-year-old mm-hmm. who, you know, also spent a lot of time thinking about how to get greens in her diet and particularly when she was younger, who would not eat anything green. I would say cinnamon is incredible. So Moringa has a pretty earthy flavor and brown spices like cinnamon and nutmeg and even you're going the more savory route, like curry spices, mm. kind of cut that earthiness in a really lovely way. Oh. Um, so I would put it in her pancake. She loved that. Perfect. Um, thought that was great. I literally made like a moringa spinach pancakes with some cinnamon and bananas and no sugar. And Perfect. that was great. And then for folks who make smoothies, like similarly, I think, you know, using some of those brown spices, also things like banana, coconut, um, kind of like mm. other stronger flavors kind of help mellow out the green mm-hmm. work really well. Um, but I also find a lot of folks at the beginning, they're like, ah, oh, too green, too green. And then they kind of drink it over it. time and they're like, oh, I now I crave this green. Like mm-hmm. I like the green. So it yeah. grows on you. That yeah. happened with me. At first I was like, I don't know, this is green. This is really it's green. Strong. And then I started to you develop a taste for it and you start to yeah. really want it. That's awesome. Yeah. So tell listeners, why is Moringa so phenomenal for people? Why do they call it a superfood? Yeah, it's phenomenal for so many reasons. So in, let me explain it this way. It's sort of a funny way to explain it, but there's a whole many communities in the U.S. who they're called like peakers. They think the world's going to end and they're obsessed with Moringa because they're positive that when the world ends, they will have Moringa and they will be fine. I'll be because fine. Give their body everything it needs. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so funny. Like a lot of like, <laughs> I know. But so one of the ways, you know, like I said, I'm not a scientist. We do have a really fantastic scientific advisory board and I spend a lot of time learning from them. And one of our scientific advisors from UC Davis explains Moringa as she says that most plants are 90% water. So you're only getting a small space for nutrients. Moringa's 80% water. So you have twice the space for Mm. all of these protein, calcium, iron, vitamins, in addition to kind of like these macronutrients of the protein, the calcium, the iron, you're also getting all these really cool phytonutrients. And so there's been some really interesting research, like Rutgers University did a study looking at active ingredient in Moringa, which is called Moringan, kind of a fun name, and Mm -hmm. an active ingredient in turmeric, which is curcumin, and actually found that Moringa was more bioavailable and it was easier for folks to process it to lower inflammation. So that's one thing that a lot of folks use it for. I know you also mentioned cancer treatment. The other thing that's really cool about Moringa, and this is another one of our scientific advisors, Dr. Jed Fahey, who actually um, started the Chemoprotective Institute at Johns Hopkins University. And he spent his whole career researching Moringa and broccoli because they have very similar properties. They're both cruciferous vegetables. And Moringa has the same, I'm going to sound very sciencey for a minute, but it has the same like NRF2 pathway and the sulforaphane mm-hmm. that like Ooh. helps your body ad- kind of adapt to cancer. So we actually have a lot of 
folks who are recovering from cancer, who are kind of in different stages, who use Moringa for that. I'm not a snake oil salesman. I'm not yeah. saying this is all you should do to fight cancer. Like, please don't take it that way. But there is some really interesting research on it. That's really I think cool. that's amazing because I think a lot of people don't realize that that's why we tout like broccoli, cruciferous, all mm-hmm. these vegetables yeah. so much because of that NRF2 and how protective it is for the body for detoxification and lowering inflammation, right? And these protective pathways. And that's why we want the broccoli and the cruciferous. So I didn't realize that Moringa works on that same pathway in the body. Same, yeah, exact same pathway. Yeah. I love so that. that is So it um, doesn't have sulforaphane, but it works the same way as sulforaphane. Is that right? It has, yeah, similar active ingredient to right. sulforaphane, basically. Cool. Very cool. I love that. So when it comes to superfoods, how often should people take this like every day? Yeah. So we highly recommend every day. I tell folks like try it every day for two weeks. And if you don't feel a difference, money back guaranteed. Mm -hmm. I really think it takes a few days for you to get used to the taste, depending on what you're eating, or you can also, you know, try a bar or try gummies or whatever other products. If you're doing the powder, it will You got to figure out the right recipe for you, Mm -hmm. but it really does. You'll feel a big impact on your body and on your energy level. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say generally after two weeks. Curious, Gina, you mentioned you're going caffeine free and I've started Mm -hmm. taking breaks. Don't want to put you on the spot. I don't know how long you've been doing it, but that is something a lot of our customers will use this. Not necessarily cut out caffeine entirely, but as late afternoon lift or that kind of thing. Yeah. So I've been doing the Moringa for about a week and a half, but I haven't been consistent like every day to see if Moringa is the thing that helps my energy. I've been like kind of alternating like Moringa and then tea and then, you know, like different things. So I'd like to try that now to be consistent every day with Moringa and really test that to see how I feel. I'm going to try that too. Yeah. Yeah. Let me know. Well, just because since I got long COVID, as soon as, and I got all the neurological stuff, as soon as I drink caffeine, it's almost like my brain goes into like hyperdrive and everything starts to get shaky and whatnot. And so I've had to go completely caffeine free. So I'm going to do this. So I see you have a lot of different products. Like what do you recommend people start with? Can they make it into like a tea kind of thing? What are your recommendations? I'm into like a latte. Is that instead of like a matcha latte, I switched to a Moringa latte. Is it good? Well, you said exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. (laughs) Does it taste similar? They're different. They taste different. It was really good when like I added some stevia, but I'm actually just trying to reset my palate without sweeteners and stevia. So I'm actually spending the month just cutting out sweeteners and really getting back to taste of food. And so now I've gotten used to enjoying the taste of Moringa. But at first without the stevia, it was like too bitter. Mm-hmm. But then I started making like a latte just with milk replacement and the Moringa. And now I like it. Oh my gosh, I'm psyched. Oh, milk tends to be a nice pairing mm-hmm. with moringa so moringa i think has a similar earthiness to matcha it does have a little bit of the spiciness to it again not a scientist but the way that some of our scientific advisors have explained that to us is it's like the spiciness is the plant like fighting off things that are trying mm-hmm. to eat it and then mm-hmm. when you eat it it's like your body fighting off mm-hmm. bad things too so often like spiciness like you know you see it kind of like spicy bitterness and like kale and arugula and turmeric, that is a sign of like a very nutrient dense kind of powerful, super active plant. It's like capsaicin, active ingredient in peppers. Isn't that the heat part? And the heat part is actually very anti-inflammatory, right, Gina? 
Yeah. And another cool thing is any plant that has those built-in pesticides like that, I know people get scared of the word pesticide, but it is the plant's pesticide. Mm -hmm. And it actually has that kind of stress on our bodies, but it's good. It like upregulates our body's own defense mechanisms. Any foods like pomegranates or red grapes that have that resveratrol, like we think of resveratrol as being an antioxidant, but it's actually like the plant's built-in protection against bugs and insects. And then when Mm -hmm. we eat it, it gives us that hormetic response, which like upregulates all of our body's Mm -hmm. defenses and antioxidants. And so it's actually really beneficial. And so it sounds like that's the same thing in Moringa that it has those built-in compounds that the plant Mm -hmm. has that probably creates that hormetic response and has benefits on our bodies. Yeah. You've explained that so much better than I ever could. Exactly. (laughs) That is so cool. I love that. That's awesome. Hey everybody, Resist Nutrition Bars has fast and fiercely become a favorite product of mine and here's why. We all know blood sugar dysregulation impacts your body in a lot of negative ways, but Resist Bars have clinically proven to stabilize your blood sugar response because they are specifically formulated with plant-based proteins and other functional ingredients like cinnamon, maca, chia, goji, and turmeric. Basically, it's a powerhouse snack food. Drew, one of the founders of Resist, has PCOS and insulin resistance. And so she teamed up with her co-founder, Emily, who has a master's in food science. And let me tell you, they succeeded in producing the first ever protein bar for hormone and blood sugar regulation. If I were to make a snack bar, it would be like this. This product and company are the total package and I truly can't rave enough about them. I highly endorse Resist Nutrition. And if you go to resistnutrition.com, use the code GUTSY to get 20% off your first order. Give them a try. You're sure to love them just as much as I do. So we can make it like a matcha or like a latte drink, a little bit of like cinnamon, coconut milk, maybe some stevia. I'm looking at your background here, your Zoom background, and it looks like Mm -hmm. there's chocolate shakes or what are some other ways or other products that you guys have that people can really enjoy your product? Totally. Yeah. So we tried to kind of give us a few different formats of Moringa and also paired it with some complimentary superfoods as well. So we have a pure Moringa powder for the purists, for the folks who want to make the Moringa lattes or make the Moringa oatmeal or, you know, pancakes or whatever. It's great for that. If you want stuff, something that tastes kind of just like a little bit easier, you know, just add it to milk. We have a chocolate peanut butter like superfood shake with Moringa. We also have that in vanilla. Then we do have bars. We do have superfood gummies and our gummies are not just sugar. It's Mm -hmm. only two grams of sugar and you're getting 400 to 500 milligrams of active ingredients. So from mushrooms, like we do use chaga mushroom, we use Moringa, we use turmeric, kind of all designed around different active or different functions. And then we have bars and like a chocolate bark right as well and we do have a my favorite is actually our chocolate peppermint bark which we Mm. it's a holiday exclusive so we just have that online for like another month Um, that that sounds amazing are these all like kid friendly because I keep thinking I just need to get superfoods in my kids especially around the winter time would they enjoy the gummies would they enjoy the chocolate barks Definitely, definitely kid-friendly. It is something where I would say most kids can't really tell a difference between mm-hmm. our chocolate and regular chocolate, even though we have way less sugar. All of our products are very much kid-friendly. Very, very um, cool. And the other thing I will throw out there is, you know, for any women listening who have 
really young children or breastfeeding, Moringa is a really great lactation enhancer. So that is another something that it's a gastrolog and a lot of folks use it for that. And I'm sure we get so many questions on, is it safe during pregnancy? Is that what you're asking? Yes, I was just about to ask that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, we legally cannot give medical advice. We always say, ask your doctor. What I will say is there, it is definitely used all over the world during pregnancy. I'm actually eight months pregnant. You can't, can't tell. You are. Oh, oh my gosh. Congrats. Oh, you are. <laughs> very, very <laughs> pregnant. Oh my gosh. We had no idea. No idea. No, Congratulations. Well, sort of why I love Zoom. It's like nobody, you know, you can talk about a lot of things other than just like the baby. Right? <laughs> I've certainly used it throughout my pregnancy. I think a lot of women do. We say in general, probably not the first trimester, but like second and third. It's great. Helps with energy also moringa has pretty high fiber so a lot of folks help find that it kind of helps keep things Mm, moving which for certainly for me and i know for lots of other women can be a challenge during pregnancy because i just have a lot of people message me and they say why can't we do it the first trimester are there reasons why you can't take it the first trimester so there's like interesting There's some medical research around the stems and root of Moringa as being like sort of abortacetant, people using it to terminate a pregnancy. Mm. We don't use the roots. We don't use the stem. We're like pretty careful to just use the leaves, but we still think it's better to just like err on the side of caution. It's always like rather safe than sorry kind of thing. I think pregnant women listening to this, like everyone is extra cautious when it comes to pregnancy because nobody wants to test pregnant women. You know what I mean? It's just like we've heard or we've seen loosely in research these things. And so we're not going to sign up pregnant women to test that hypothesis, right? If you're pregnant, sorry, there's not a lot of research around you, but it's definitely safe. Second and third trimester, it sounds like. Everyone asks me this when it comes to organ-based products like liver and kidney and Mm. heart and whatnot. They always say the first trimester don't have those because I recommend organ products a lot, but the second and third, and people always ask, well, why? There was one research study, if this is just, if people are interested in this information, but there was one study where super high levels of vitamin A caused birth defects. It was one Mm. loose study. They're not going to research it again, but they're just erring on the side of caution. It's just always on the side of caution. And so, yeah, there was literally there was one study from Moringa it was like done you know on rats at a like super high extract dosage right done not in a scientific research you know not in a great journal or anything Mm -hmm. but that was enough that like actually our our buyer at Whole Foods saw it and made us put on our packaging a warning which no way kind of frustrating because Moringa is actually like so great for especially like new moms Mm -hmm. um so we do have a warning of if pregnant, please consult your doctor on right, there. Right. Um, that was actually the exact same thing with the organ was on rats and was super high dose. Well, it wasn't even an organ product. It was vitamin A. And so it was like mega doses mm. of vitamin A that caused birth defects. Like, of course, it would cause birth defects. So this was like an unusual, unhealthy amount of vitamin A. And that's going to cause imbalance. But again, it's enough to scare people. And so it's just like eh, when you're pregnant, it's yeah. just like, sorry, we're not going to touch you kind of thing. <laughs> Like, consult a doctor. I mean, the only thing was like the first trimester, I would say for myself at 
least like you kind of don't want to try a lot of different things because you're like yeah, exactly and it's like plainer food is better mm-hmm. so. and you don't want to put yourself off either right because if you start to force yourself in the first trimester and then you get over it and then you're just like i don't want to touch that food again you know and then it's yeah. like ruined mm-hmm. so so just wait until the second and third trimester that's really cool. I'm seeing through your media kit, uh, Lisa, that there's a lot of recipes that you guys mm-hmm. have. Can they access these recipes online? How do they get oh. those resources? Yeah. So our website is coolycoolyfoods.com. We have a whole link on there to recipes. And we have a blog with like hundreds of recipes at this point. And um, you can sort of search everything from like... like there's ice know. cream. There's different mm-hmm. types of lattes. There's like burgers. There's, wow. you know, like there's all kinds of things that I'm wow. seeing here and it's really, really cool. Like avocado toast with moringa on it. Yeah. Like it's wow. really that one cool. is a big favorite in our house. How much should you get in a day? Like what, what dose would have physiological benefits? Yeah. So we tell folks generally looking kind of depending on what you're going for, somewhere between two to 10 grams is generally like our max that we'd recommend in a day. Mm -hmm. It's not going to hurt you if you have more than 10 grams, but it may detox you depending on how accustomed your body is to like greens and like- Would two grams be like a tablespoon? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So around a tablespoon. Exactly. Mm. Are there any other things that you want to mention about this product or how people can incorporate it in their daily life? Yeah. So I would say for folks who are new to Moringa, I would say start on the lower end. So start with rounded tablespoon. You can maybe even do like a couple teaspoons as you're getting used to it. And I think we recommend that people start with like kind of things that they're already eating and already consuming. So if you're making you know, avocado toast for breakfast or oatmeal or a smoothie or a latte, like that's a great place to start. And then I think often the other place people really like it is for that kind of late afternoon lift. Mm-hmm. And that's where, you know, maybe it's easier to grab some bark or grab some gummies or even, you know, make kind of like a, instead of a matcha latte, which obviously matcha has caffeine, you can make a moringa latte, which doesn't have caffeine. So it won't affect your sleep in any way, but helps to give you kind of that energy lift. That's really cool. Do people notice that it helps with cravings because they're getting more nutrient density in their body? So they crave less sugar and less of other foods. Yeah. I mean, we have a lot of folks who use it for weight management in particular because of kind of that satiety. And I think the like high fiber. And then the other thing that's really interesting that we see a lot in Central and South America and even in Cuba, there's like a ton of Moringa growing and places like that. And so a lot of folks will use it uh, to help reduce blood sugar levels. So there's some really interesting research around Moringa and diabetic or pre-diabetic folks. And this being kind of a, a natural a way to help with diabetes. That's really Yeah, I see that on some of the studies that you guys shared that people when they use moringa, they saw an 8.9% reduction of blood glucose That's using cool. moringa and then a 30% reduction in cholesterol using glucose. That's yeah. 30% yeah. reduction in LDL cholesterol. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. I would say that probably the research of, with moringa and diabetes and then Moringa and inflammation is kind of the, some of the strongest ones out there. So mm-hmm. Moringa is one of the strongest anti-inflammatories. Yeah. Compared to turmeric, compared to like Yay. everyone talks about turmeric and I'm like, why don't I hear Moringa in those circles too? Right. Like that's crazy to me. 
Yeah, I mean, we tell people that Moringa may be even more anti-inflammatory than turmeric. We're That's definitely trying to get the word out there. We were excited, you know, this in 2022, we made like Whole Foods list of like top trends for the year. They call that Moringa cool. specifically, even got a mention in the New York Times of like top trends, up and coming Moringa. So I think more people are starting to hear about it, mm-hmm. but it is still new to a lot of folks, which is why I'm always so excited to come on you know, really cool podcast like yours and tell more people about it. A lot of people just don't know. So what I'm seeing here is that there's nine times more protein in Moringa than like yogurt. And here's the thing, 10 times more vitamin A than carrots, right? Like 15 times more potassium than bananas. This is blowing my mind. 17 times more calcium than milk, 25 times more iron than spinach. This is remarkable. And what I really like about it too, over, let's say you're using Moringa as an anti-inflammatory and all of these other things, it's not just an anti-inflammatory. It's a food, it's a protein, it's got vitamins and minerals. Um, It's fiber too, you know what I mean? So fiber is basically like minusing calories from you. Like we've been talking about turmeric for decades. We've been talking about all these other things for decades. How did we miss this? This is so remarkable. You know, think about like kale in particular, like kale 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Do you know who the largest purchaser of kale in the U.S. used to be 10, 15 years ago? Who? It was actually Pizza Hut. What? Um, And they weren't making a kale pizza. They were purchasing kale leaves as garnish, like decoration (gasps) for their salad bars. What? Green. Wow. No. Yeah. Yeah, oh, no, my I gosh. kid you not. <laughs> so it used to be kale was this kind of bitter backyard weed. It was something that you didn't like eat it, you know, throw it away or yeah. it was decoration. And now look at how far we've come. We're like, right. you can't, certainly in California, you can't go to a restaurant without like a kale salad. salad. Uh-huh. Right, exactly. Um, and so I think it just takes time. And I think, you know, the American palate has been really interesting. We're like yeah. slowly evolving to like, like more bitter flavors like kale and arugula and yeah. turmeric. I think for a long time was this like Indian spice that not a lot of people thought to use outside of maybe in a curry, but mm-hmm. now it's, you know, golden milk lattes are all over the place. So right. I think we're getting there. I just think it, it takes time. Right. Not to bash turmeric because I love turmeric and I take it every day, but like turmeric is a root where this is a leaf, you know, roots are more starchy. Leaves are more fibrous. Leaves are very phytonutrient rich. Oh, I'm going to botch this story. So nobody quote me, but I remember (laughs) it was a nutrition class years ago. That's why the details are foggy, but there were supplies of turmeric when it was becoming so big. India is the largest supplier of turmeric and to make their turmeric more desirable to sell, they were adding paint colors to to it. And so oh, no. they got caught in the scandal, turmeric being added paint colors. Isn't that so yeah. sad? Like it's so sad that, that when there are these trends happening, unfortunately suppliers can go a little sideways, but that's a, a tangent for another time. Yeah. This is remarkable. I'm so excited to have listeners know more about Moringa, have them added to their diets every day alongside just listeners. So, you know, you can't just take Moringa and be like, why am I not feeling better? Right. Because as the analogy always goes, like I I love this analogy Carlin gave on the podcast years ago, where she's like, if your building is on fire, you want to add as many water hoses to the fire as possible, right? So Moringa is one of those big fire hoses. But I like to take that a step further and say, but you can't throw gasoline on the fire at the same time that you're throwing water, right? Because the fire is still going to burn and that 
feel the fire way more than the water is going to put it out. And so what is that gasoline that we throw on our fires every day? Meaning like what are foods that we're feeding our body that's creating inflammation? Sugar. I mean, let's look at the amount of sugar we're eating, right? We can't supplement away an unhealthy diet, right? And so make sure if you are looking for energy relief and decrease inflammation and better gut health and you know, feeling better overall, make sure that you are coupling that with a diet high in other plants and decreasing sugar and decreasing inflammatory foods like processed food and things that might be triggering your body like gluten and dairy and corn and soy and all that. So anything else, you guys, before we kind of wrap this puppy up? I'm not kidding. As soon as we hang up, I'm going to start ordering some Moringa products and put it Mm -hmm. in like people's stocking stuffers. (laughs) My kids are going to get chocolate Moringa and they're going to hate me and I don't care. I'll be like, eat it. You can have 10 bars of these. (laughs) I love that. I think maybe the only other last thing mentioned because you sort of alluded to challenges with turmeric when it got popular, like the supply chain was really bad. I think people have asked us, you know, when quinoa got really popular, like Mm. it hurt different Bolivian farmers. Like I think there is, we sometimes get this question of like, if Moringa blows up, is that actually like bad? Are we, quote unquote, are we taking the most nutritious plant in Africa out of Africa? So I just wanted to maybe just touch on like actually how we source. So we do partner directly with small farmers. We do help them grow Moringa and use Moringa locally. We're really big on like funding local nutrition projects, helping it get out of the community. We want everybody to have a Moringa tree in their backyard. Doesn't work as well in the U.S., but in the tropics where the Moringa trees grow really well and have access to it. And then we export just kind of a portion of that harvest here to the U.S. So I would say... The more popular Moringa grows, the more small farmers, particularly African women, we can support. The more communities receive more income, better nutrition, and it's better overall. There's no risk of running out of Moringa. How is it made and processed? Yeah, it's actually pretty cool. So it, like I said, it's a tree. Literally, we'll pick these little leaves off a tree, wash, dry them, and mill them into a powder. So we get this raw green powder here when we do kind of a low heat processing on it to make sure we preserve all the nutrients, but make sure there's no bad bacteria on it. And then we sell it as a raw green powder. Then we also add it to our blends, our powder blends. We add it to our bark, our bars and our gummies. And those are all done at a couple of different manufacturing facilities in the U.S. Is there any risk with, because this is true for most leafy greens, and I guess these are leafy greens that grow out of the ground. Moringa grows off of a tree. With a lot of leafy greens, they actually have very high lead and heavy metals in them. Is Moringa tested for heavy metals? And what does Moringa have an affinity for absorbing any kind of metal from the ground? Yeah, so the tree is a bioaccumulator. So you do have to, you know, be careful that you're planting it in like relatively rural areas. Um, So we actually find, you know, the majority of our Moringa comes from the African continent. A lot of our competitors sell Moringa out of India. A lot of them tend to have much higher kind of lead and right. other metals in them. I will say we had a lot of fights back and forth. If anybody knows the history of California's Prop 65 law, it's like a thousand times lower than what WHO, the US EPA, like everyone, all medical experts recommend. We did have to sort of add a warning label on our packaging because we had do have very low amounts, like the lowest on the market, but we still had to put that warning there, which is frustrating. 
but we are very careful to make sure that it's super low and it's like, you know, less than you would get in Brussels sprouts, Mm -hmm. basically. You know, there's an interesting story if people want to hear this about heavy metals and leafy greens, even organic leafy greens. I had a client years ago. Her husband was a physicist. He worked for a company, a testing lab company. And so she had access to this machine that could measure the amount of heavy metals in products, right? And so she bought organic spinach from Costco and tested it. And like the lead and heavy metal content was like through the roof. And so she was like, that can't be right. So she went to like a Sprouts and got a different company and same thing, heavy metals and lead was like, and this is organic too. And so she went to multiple stores and same thing. And so the husband actually called the manufacturer of this measuring tool and they were like, oh yeah, this farmers are actually very aware that their produce, their leafy green produce is very high in heavy metals just because of our farming practices. You know, heavy metals, they they accumulate, they don't disintegrate. They're forever chemical, they're forever products, right? And so unfortunately we do, we just live in a world now where this is a part of our life. And it's the same for Canada too, Canadian grown organic leafy green. I'm not trying to normalize it. What I am trying to stress is that this is actually a really hard thing for industries to deal with, especially organic ones, right? And so the fact that you are so conscientious, and I'm so glad you mentioned the India thing too, because I was like, I bet you India's heavy metals because they're so so industrial, right? And it's a very, Mm. very, very industrial country with a lot of chemicals and a lot of factories and like a lot of a lot, right? The fact that you mentioned these are rural farms, that's going to keep the environment a lot cleaner. Is it going to be a perfect environment? No. Will we ever find a perfect environment in our world? Probably not. You know what I mean? I'm saying this because I think a lot of people get scared and we have this really weird purist culture happening right now where it's like, it's all or nothing, right? There's this cancel Mm -hmm. culture like, well, if it has even a trace of lead, like it's a terrible product. No, this is actually not our reality anymore. We don't live in that world anymore. That world's long gone, right? And that's just because we're a modern day society that doesn't care about our planet, to be honest. So, so anyways, long story short, that's what you were mentioning about your product with the lead is like really, really phenomenal. And that checks all my boxes for a pure company. So I'm glad you mentioned that. Lisa, any other tidbits or fun facts that you want to leave listeners with before we wrap this up? Fun facts. I think maybe the last one I will say is that the really cool thing about sourcing and eating moringa leaves is a tree. And so we've planted over 24 million trees throughout supply chain. That's cool. Wow. That's really cool. So for what you harvest, you keep replenishing over and over. I really love that. Yeah. We basically pluck the leaves off the tree and then they grow back and we Mm. can harvest them three to four times a year. So it doesn't hurt the tree the trees keep growing and keep sucking carbon out of the atmosphere and it's a yeah really cool way to save the planet and then the other thing we've done as a company is over 90 percent of our products are made with post-consumer recycled plastic so it's basically already pre-recycled we save over a hundred thousand water bottles a year by doing that so we trying to be you know socially and environmentally conscious in everything that we do and that's a hard thing to do that's a really hard thing to do like to get all those materials it's more expensive I used to be a part owner of Honestly Essential and like we were trying to do that with our packaging and it just like it took months Companies like yours, like I really do treasure that you guys are able to make that work and you're very conscientious about your footprint 
I am psyched. <laughs> so as I mentioned earlier, I think you guys have that gutsy. If they use the code gutsy, they get 30% off their order. You guys, I'm going to use that now too. As soon as we hang up here, I'm going to go order myself some Moringa and stock our fridges and I mean our pantries and whatnot and force it down my kids. So mm-hmm. <laughs> thank you, Lisa. Hopefully, hopefully you won't have to force quite as hard as you. That's true. They're thinking. We will see. Let me know. I will. I will. I will admit, like, as my kids are getting older, it's so much harder because they're going to school and they're seeing what their friends are eating. And I'm like, can you just put a Moringa bar in your backpack? And they'll be like, no, mom, it has to be Dorito chips. You know, like, (laughs) it's cool. It's not cool, mom. Everyone's eating like Sour Patch Kids and donuts. And I'm like, what? Eat your Moringa gummies. (laughs) (laughs) Eat your Moringa gummies. Share it with your friends. It's probably the only vegetable they're going to eat all week. <laughs> uh, oh, That's great. Janique, I think you and I should try a two-week Moringa challenge. I'm going to do it. Moringa in the morning and let's see how we feel. I'm so down. I'm not kidding. Since like, this is a little yeah. bit of a side tangent, but like since I did Cambo a couple weeks ago, I'm like so motivated to not eat any sugar or stimulants and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I haven't been. And so this is something that I'm like, yeah, let's just keep powering up, right? Like mm-hmm. let's level up over the holidays too, mind you, right? Like when I want to yeah. go and buy eggnog, I'm going to be like, no, I'm going to do Moringa. We can yeah. do my Moringa latte and my gummies and my chocolate. <laughs> I'm so excited for this. Lisa, thank you so much. I'm going to bring Moringa back into my life. And I hope you guys check them out that you guys, if you want to keep doing more research on it, do it. But like what a phenomenal product. I'm going to read this one more time. Nine times the protein of yogurt, 10 times vitamin A than carrots, 15 times the potassium of bananas, 17 times the calcium of milk, and 25 times the iron of spinach. Like that's really phenomenal. It's a superfood. It's a food. Mm -hmm. It's an antioxidant. It's the whole package. It's fiber. Mm -hmm. You name it. It's got it. So Lisa, thank you for creating such a beautiful product and company. We don't Mm -hmm. have a lot of companies that I can just gush over. I really like, I respect what you do. I know it's probably been a very long road to get here. Definitely been an interesting journey, but I'm loving every step. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for being here and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast. 